Thank you for the ministry of revelation, of unveiling yourself. So Jesus, you said that you will go, but you won't leave us comfortless. That the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, that he will come to us and he will be with us forever. Thank you for he, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Because it sees him not, it doesn't know him, but we see him. He promised that he will be in us. He has come. He's with us. He's in us. Lord, we pray that this morning you will magnify his ministry, cause his ministry to be on the increase on the inside of us. I'm praying, Lord. We ask for let there be a move of the Spirit this morning. We ask that there will be so much liberty of the Spirit, freedom, both for the Spirit to express what He wants through the Scriptures, through demonstration of the Spirit, through all vehicles of ministration. And we ask there will be a corresponding liberty within our heart to move and flow. So the Lord is that Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Thank you for shackles, chains, restrictions that will be broken. That will fall off our hearts this morning, our soul. We gain liberty. Not liberty for anything, but to live your life. Freedom from within, unshackling of everything that has held us bound from finding flow, full expression in your life. Thank you this morning. Holy Spirit, come and be the joy with which you will draw waters out of the words of salvation this morning. Grant every heart the ability to flow in the spirit, lift burdens, lift heaviness, make us light for movement in the spirit. I pray let every mind journey. Let every heart journey. Every person journey this morning. Thank you, our Father. We give glory to your name. Help my heart to speak your word. It's too holy for any man to bear. But you have a way which you do it, which you can take a man, a vessel, and make it your own in a moment to speak your word. Come and do that this morning in my weakness, in my frailty, with my infirmities. Use me as a vehicle to speak your word to your people. Thank you, Father. We give you all the glory. I pray, clothe us with the meekness and humility that it takes to feast with you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. 
Good morning to you. Please welcome someone. Say, I'm happy to see you. Glory to God. Inka, thank you. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. How are we feeling? Are we strong today? You're strong? I can see one strong guy over there. Amen. Praise Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. I keep wondering whether um, how we feel about the word of God has been coming. You feel like you know what to do with them, like you, what do you say? <laughs> you trust God. <laughs> Praise Jesus. I have a feeling that we are on track, somehow or close to the track. Close a, a little bit. I have a feeling about that. and. Um, and you will all see it, maybe, even if for some it might take maybe a little bit of time, um, but we will see, we will not just see the, the exactness of what's being said, but we will be able to see the import of it, right, into, into your life. Praise God. It's a package that, by God's grace, they are opening to us, and very soon it will be open and we will see what great gift and what great blessing the Lord has been giving us. With glory to Jesus. Um, do you love the Lord? Yes, sir. <laughs> you still love him? Yes, okay. Let's keep loving him. Don't get tired. Um, the world wants to make you, would like to make you get tired of God. Please don't get tired of the Lord. Um, there's no there's no other life but his. Every other life is death. You just need to put it in a long enough time frame to see that it expires. Things in the world expire, they are corruptible. But we are trying to, um, what we are doing is building our, as Jesus advised us to do, to build our house on the rock, not on the sand. Praise God. The, the guy who builds on the sand has the nicest house in town until the storms come, the wind comes. So, so we, are building, we are building for today, but we are also building for the future. And that's how the Lord, what the Lord said we should do. He said you, be wise, don't be foolish. He said the foolish man will build on sand, but... The wise man will build this what 
Uh -huh. and as he said, who is the wise person? I will tell you who it is. Is he, he that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them. Praise God. It's not easy to hear his saying. If it was easy, they wouldn't say if it's today. <laughs> you know, if you had it not your heart when he's speaking, the Lord will give you the blessing of soft heart. And yeah. the, heart the heart that will always hear, that will always hearken to his speaking that is contrary to the prevailing thought. Praise God. The Lord will make you strong. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's just, um, let's just open the Bible. I, just, I still feel stirred up in my heart to um, speak concerning the, the ministry of the Spirit, the um, inward ministry of the Holy Ghost, uh, not just uh, his ministry to um, bring us into fresh knowledge, awareness of the things of God, which is very key, which is the beginning part, the fundamental right part of our walk and dealings with God, but also the other dimension of the ministry of the Spirit, which is to, to, to raise and construct and develop in us and to form in us all the actual the actual things that align with the pattern you know there is a season of revelation time of revelation predominantly and there is time of building in the book of exodus you saw it follow that pattern they gave moses the revelation and then and i began to say See that you build all things according to the pattern. So having the pattern is not enough. The word pattern is precepts. Praise God. According to Isaiah 28, right? Pattern is precepts. Um, it's the precepts of building, the, the instruction of building. And to, to cause pattern to be seen is not that easy. It takes a lot of things. It's also... Um, involves, there is a move of the spirit that is involved in unveiling, in showing the pattern. But then there is season of raising the house, which is, should be according to what? The pattern. Glory to God. Um, this, let's just read that Matthew 25. I think we, we landed there a little in, uh, on Wednesday. Um, about the virgins. Thank you, Jesus. Um, praise God. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lambs and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their 
vessels with the alarms. Thank you, Jesus. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, Say, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell. Mm, thank you. And buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was what? Shut. And afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the word Son of Man cometh. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And the wise answered, verse 9, not so, lest there be not what? There be not enough for us. And you. So, but go ye rather to them that sell. So, the <laughs> these wise, they they are saying something that there is a principle about this oil. The one that they have in them is that um, you don't give it unless you are a seller of it. There's so much about, it is very metaphorical what you're saying here. You have to um, use plenty of scripture sense to be able to extract the, there's a, there's a sense that the Lord is teaching in this place. It's about attitude concerning this thing called the oil or the anointing. Um, so, what he's saying is that it's not allowed, you're not allowed to give your own away. Uh, that is the same thought of when they say, buy the truth and sell it not. Praise God. You should buy what? The truth and do what? And you sell. You sell it not. So that word selling is, is speaking about um, a merchandising that is not permitted. It's, or whether you call it merchandising or giving away or something, or it is that when it comes to the, the oil within or the anointing within, that's what they are speaking about here, that every, everything, that thing called anointing within is different from what we call the anointing upon. Anointing upon can operate in different ways. 
um, one of the reasons when the anointing, the upon anointing comes to its very, its true purpose and essence, it operates as the light giving oil for the purpose of being burnt for giving of light, which is mainly in the season of revelation. Praise God. There is an operation of the spirit of the within, the upon anointing. Now, now when you are, they are pushing you into the, the spirit, which is where they are pushing us into, they want to move all of us into the spirit, you know, which is such an awesome thing. Imagine, all, imagine you and I, the kind of fellows that we are, they want, to, they want to move us into the spirit to make the spirit our place, our home. They want to make you an operator of spirits, a dweller in spirits who lives. Imagine you living from the spirit. Such a blessed promise. Praise God. As a way, in the journey in the spirit, things always move from without to within. And it's what you have within that is your, is your, is the, your, your license. Is what is within, not what is around you, what is upon you, is what you have within. That is what they call inheritance, right? Is what what has what has actually gotten into you. That's the way they. At the end of the day, that's what matters. Mm. There can be a lot of noise, activity, business, and all of that that involves God, the Spirit, many things, but. At the end of the day, when they check, it's the way God sees. The Bible says he looks on the inward, right? That means that everything that God is looking for about a man is on the inside of him. It's not on the outside, both physically and spiritually. Because someone who is anointed can still misbehave, like Saul. It's very clear that the oil that Samuel poured on him didn't didn't trickle into his, his heart, right? Yes, sir. That there was not one little thing anointed about the heart of Saul. Yes, sir. They just poured oil on him and it was still, you get what I mean? Yes, but David was different to, to, to work on David and to make David the owner of the throne. It wasn't just, they, they were anointed in the first time, it wasn't enough. They had to now wait, process out to her call. Dealt with him in all kinds of ways. They just kept anointing him. Uh, praise Jesus. <laughs> Till the, the figure of that throne appeared inside of him. That the nature that can handle the throne of God in Israel, as God has ordained it, happened on the inside. And then God said, it is, it is one. I have found him, a man who is after. He's inwardly after my heart and his posture to do my will. Praise God. So, so that we, especially as New Testament people, we have to gain that consciousness. I think Kenneth Hagin was, he said something like that, Daddy Kenneth Hagin, but I don't know the light with which he was saying it, but he was saying stuff like, you should be God inside-minded. That was the phrase that he was using. Do you understand? He said, you should be what? God 
inside-minded. God inside-minded. Even, of course, he knew so many things. Even though, even though he was ministering under the season of the milk of the world, but there are some things that will make you say that you know that this man has more insight into God than just the milk of the world. He'll say, I want to be 10,000 times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. That's one of the things he always used to say as well. And those who walk with God, um, when you are a baby, it's not easy to, to take your eyes from the outside yes, sir. because there are too many flashy things. Especially yes, when you come to God, it's too rich. Yes. Yes, so when you come near God, you start seeing too many beautiful things. You see his gifts, see his grace, his anointings, you see all kinds of power, you see all kinds of things around him. But it takes some time for them to make a soul become inside-minded, inward-minded. That way you begin to you measure your growth, you measure yourself, you measure where you are, not based on externalities. There are spiritual externalities, but based on what spiritual what internalities, things that are you should be you should have a sense of what has been wrought in you and what is still left to be done on the inside of you. Praise Jesus. Like the difference between Paul's Ephesians 1 prayer and Ephesians 3 prayers. One was about, you know, to bring initiation, wisdom, revelation in the knowledge of him. The other one was speaking more about inside things that Christ might dwell in you heart through faith that you be strengthened with might by a spirit in your inner man that Christ might dwell in your heart by faith. You've been rooted, grounded in love. I know what is, be able to comprehend with all the saints, what is the depth, height, breadth, and all of To know the love of Christ that past set knowledge. That, that does what? Say to know the love of Christ that does what? That passeth knowledge. That word passeth means it transcends knowledge. It's beyond knowledge. It doesn't mean knowledge isn't bad. Knowledge is not useless. Knowledge is great. Knowledge is awesome. In fact, knowledge is necessary. It's very, very key. Without knowledge, you have, because they that don't know their God, I would then do exploits. If you can't know, don't know your God, you can't do exploits. But there is that, that's to know the love. This is of Christ. This is Christ first. That passeth knowledge. Then if you don't know the love of Christ that passeth knowledge, you can't be filled with the fullness of God. Praise Jesus. Because everything about God is completely inward. Amen. Even when you are learning the precept of God, you learn the precept of God with an inward light. That's the journey. When they, are, when they are moving you into the spirit, they have to bring spiritual things around you first. The, the, init- the beginning of your journey of Christ is to surround you with what spiritual things. Then when you are journeying in Christ, the journey of Christ is to get spiritual things in you. That's why someone who has the formation of Christ in them is called the spiritual man. 
they call you, you are now spiritual. You are now spiritual. You are now spiritual. You are not around spiritual things, but you are now spiritual. Because only the spiritual man can begin to receive the fullness of God. God also has things around, which, but to get what is around, those things around God are the properties of his presence. To get those things inside a person, someone cannot be carnal fully and then take the things of God. Um, it, it takes an inward spiritual stature. Uh-huh. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So this thing about the anointing, the anointing within um, is, is awesome. Um, I, I'm, you know, there are different ways they've taught this thing, the anointing upon, anointing within. There are different ways that you can look at it. You can look at the anointing within, even from the standpoint of the spirit walking within the soul. And if you are just looking at it from that point, you also include the prophets of the Old Testament who had Christ was in, who was in them. The spirit of Christ was in them. They testify. So you can call that an inward operation. But that's not what I'm speaking about. What I'm speaking about, the anointing within. Um, is another one I'm talking about, not the, not the presence of the spirit within. I'm speaking about the spirit, the, spirit, the anointed nature within. The, the, the within anointing, which is not just us, um, which is not just Holy Spirit, but which is a walk of the Spirit. I praise God. That when that, that is what, that within thing is what makes a person spiritual. It's an inward walk of the word of the spirit of God. Glory to Jesus. Now when you're speaking of this, this foolish, Jesus separating wise and foolish. Wise, say wise. And then what? Foolish. You can line up in a way the parable of the virgins with that of Jesus speaking about the wise and the foolish men. And you now see that he's speaking of that wisdom regarding to building. How they build. Wise man builds this way. Foolish man does what? Builds the other way. Now the, the qualification of wise versus foolish is a high measurement stick. Spiritually. Um... That wisdom here to call a person wise is um, it has, it's not really maybe the person has operation of wisdom, like the spirit of wisdom. Someone can have, be, have the spirit of wisdom, but they are not wise. Yes. You can have, and when you come around a person with the spirit of wisdom, something is abundantly clear that set them apart. Yes, 
What's that? Someone who has spirit of wisdom. They have what? Materials. They have revelation. That spirit of wisdom brings in um, precepts. Right? They have, it fetch, is able to fetch out of the resources of, the, of God and of Christ and bring in precepts. Praise Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh, so, and when precepts are heaped up, accordingly, by those spirits, you have wisdom, you have understanding, then you have knowledge present. Praise Jesus. But that does not mean imply wisdom as a stature. Jesus, for example, they say he grew in wisdom and in stature. Now, then um, Solomon was now saying that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So that, that beginning of wisdom is not beginning of the spirit of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. And the word? Knowledge. knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Fear, wisdom. Knowledge, understanding. Isaiah 28. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand what doctrine? Praise God. Whom shall he teach what? Knowledge. Whom shall he make to what? Understand. understand doctrine. So you're seeing yes. knowledge here, and you're seeing understanding. These are two things of two orders. The understanding here is not understanding the spirit of understanding gives to you. Understanding here is the understanding of doctrine. Yes, yes. Understanding of doctrine is understanding of life. Yes, like like um, 1 John 5 will say that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding 
that we might know him that is true. And that we are in him that is true. And even in his son Jesus Christ, which is the true God and eternal life. So this is, the word understanding here is not just understanding of precept, right? This understanding here is understanding of doctrine. It's another kind of understanding. It's beyond just knowledge, right? Let's go back again to Isaiah 28, please. Glory to God. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Teach knowledge. Then whom shall he make to do what? To understand doctrine. So pick knowledge and understanding as two, almost like two parallel things that when you are coming out of babyhood, you need to come into. You need to come into knowledge. Not knowledge alone, but come into understanding of what? Of doctrine. That what, doc, what doctrine means? Spirit. All right, doctrine is what? Spirit. Praise God. Then the other place said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of what? Of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Then the second one is the knowledge of what? The holy. The holy. Say the holy. The holy. So this knowledge of the holy is not knowing scripture. It is another kind of knowledge. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And the wisdom here is wisdom for another realm. Then the knowledge here is the knowledge is the knowledge that imparts understanding for another dimension. Do you agree with me? Fear of the Lord, beginning of wisdom. So it means that you must fear the Lord for a a kind of wisdom to begin. And then you must have the knowledge of the holy for another understanding to begin. Another word for fear of the Lord is the manifestation of the fear of the Lord is a, is a, is a higher kind of, of, is a completion of a wisdom course, right? Which is another, is a type of knowledge. 
Do you agree with me? Yes, sir. It's a type of word. It's a type of knowledge. The, what do you call, because when you look at the seven spirits, the pair, wisdom and understanding, counsel and mind, then what do you call knowledge? And then what? The fear of the Lord. Knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, you see. So it means that this fear of the Lord is accompanied by a kind of knowledge that will be the beginning of a higher wisdom, which is actually the wisdom of God. Praise Jesus. And then what he calls the knowledge of the holy here is the holy. That's the, the, this is knowledge of the holy is sanctification. So someone who is sanctified is somebody that has the knowledge of the holy. Is a, a stature. The word knowledge of the holy is a stature. The knowledge of the holy is the knowledge of the love of Christ, which passes understanding or knowledge. It's another knowledge that passes just the knowledge, which the just the the knowledge of precept. It's called the knowledge of love, according to um, Ephesians chapter 3. I'm sorry, this thing might be scattered, but um, that's how the Bible puts them. To know the love of Christ, so is a knowledge. Imagine they say knowledge, that passes knowledge. I would tell you that not all knowledge are the same. So you can't blame me for, for or you, neither can you blame Reverend either, because he's the one that brought through us into this place. Glory to God. That for separating between knowledge and knowledge. Because I would this is just a, a simple scripture that shows you you know something that passes knowledge. So the knowledge is is different. Is so this is a knowledge that's a qualification for being filled with the fullness of God. Are you seeing that? So the, the, the knowledge that will bring fullness of God, but it's not, and it, it didn't say that you might have the fullness, that you will filled with the fullness. So it means that fullness of God comes by season of feeling, but to qualify for that feeling, there's a knowledge you ought to have. It's called the, the, the knowledge of the love of Christ. That is, that passes. So this knowledge which it passes is called the knowledge of precepts. Do you agree with that? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. So when you are, you are knowing, you are, there's a sense with which you will be able to see the difference between knowing the, the precepts of Christ and God versus knowing what he calls it love here, this love is also his spirit. Do you, do you, can you see love as spirit? Love is spirit. It is the, love is the, is the spiritual formation. Of course, Lord called love of Christ is charity. Right, charity is the love of Christ. 
And that charity is a, is a spiritual formation within the, with the heart as what the spirit of Christ wants to form within every soul. Glory to God, my little children for whom I travel again in birth until what? Christ is formed and we've, we've explained birth, that birth is what a, an operation of the spirit is actually what the spirit, the, the spirit is the one who births. That's who, what he does. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they become sons of God. Born not of, of water and of blood, came by water and blood, not by water only but blood also, but it is the spirit that giveth what? Witness. That one, that one is First John chapter 5. Glory to God. So the spirit is the, is the one who gives birth, is the one who forms. Love is a formation. Right, is the love is a spiritual formation, is is what the spirit forms on the inside. The test of nature is love. Right, when they they say, okay, has this nature been formed in you? I know about it. Okay, you know about it. There are things knowledge cannot do. That you can have knowledge, but you'll be failing when it comes to that thing. But you can't fail when it comes to love. Because love never fails. That was that the thought of First Corinthians chapter thirteen. All those things they will fail. Charity, what he calls charity, it never faileth. Whether there be prophecy, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Do you know why they will say knowledge vanishes away? Because this knowledge here is not the knowledge. It's, it's, uh-huh. This is the knowledge of precept. Precept, you need to understand what knowledge is. Knowledge is a, like I said, is a creation. Knowledge is a, is a construction. When you take away the, the world in which that knowledge is constructed, it will vanish away. So you must, in the season when you still have the construction of that knowledge, you must, that knowledge must be shifted and conserved yes. into a form that when other things that can pass have passed away, yeah. you still, you get what I'm saying? You cannot take knowledge out of this world. Precept. I mean precept. When you leave this place, you won't be seeing scripture. Scripture is meant, it's meant for, when I say this, the way you're understanding things, it's not the way, that's not the way an angel understands sanctification. For example, if you tell a seraphim, tell me about sanctification, he might not be quoting scripture to you. It might, there's a way that, do you get what I'm saying? The, this thing called scripture, it came, is a product of witness on the earth. It's that, that was the Holy, the Holy Ghost invention for those who are body dwellers yeah. on the earth, for them to use. So that thing, what they call precept, is a kind of, is a construction for men with, with veil of flesh to use, to understand so that they can, through it, they can lay hold on life. 
So it means that when you are passing away from this world, you will not take precepts with you. What all you can take is that which passeth, that which faileth not. Do you agree with me? Or you don't agree with me? Is that it is so? They don't quote scripture in heaven. That's not what they do when they are fellowshipping. It's not by, it's not scripture. You know what I mean? Say that which you have heard, which you have seen, which you have looked upon. Do you get what I'm saying? By the time you are hearing, okay, scripture can be there. Seeing. By the time you, you are moving even into seeing and then looking upon, you are moving beyond scriptures at that point. At that time, you are moving into imagery. Yes, sir. There are no pictures here. Are you seeing? There's no. <laughs> this Bible is like, you know what I mean? So it means that there's something. They must be shifting the ministry from just scripture. They will begin to move it into an imaginative yes, form so you can handle it. Right? Which you have heard, which you have seen, which we look upon is for handling them. When you've handled it, uh-huh, of the word of life, handled of the word of life. We, it was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. This is not talking about scripture form now. What they are calling word of life at this point is, is the way it was with the Father. That's how the, it was man, it's now manifest to them. The word manifest is more than just seeing. When something has manifested, it's not, you can, you can see something, but it has not manifested. Yes, to manifest means that it has become flesh. Yes, In the, not this flesh, it has come out. Yes, if it's been brought, what you call manifestation, is an, there's some sort of real, real, not imagined form. It has come in from the imaginative world into a, a tangible, some kind of tangibility. This manifestation is a spiritual tangibility. So, the, what we call life is a manifestation. It's an inward manifestation on the inside. It's called handling. So, what is manifested is what they have handled. That's where the journey of their interaction with this life it came from hearing to seeing to looking upon, they kept looking at it until it manifested. Do you see that? Which was with the Father and was what? Manifested towards verse three of First John one says that, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and then truly our fellowship is with the Father. And now, so you're now seeing fellowship is in the now realm of persons due to what manifestation. So it's not, it's not fellowship. They didn't say our fellowship is with the scriptures that speak concerning the Father, or we fellowship around the, the precept of the Father. No, uh, truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son. Why? Because of manifestation. Manifestation. Glory to God. So you need to move your knowledge and reconserve it into a form that faileth not. Right, that First Corinthians 13, like charity, right? Never, never. What it means is never, I never fail is that um, 
is not, it is a, is a work that has been done. That that work is not subject to external things. It doesn't fail. The only way that it will go is if you give it away. Is if you remove it or you sell it. Or you, do you get what I'm saying? Is that you, are, you must let it go. Once you have, once you have charity, it's, it's, not, it's different from knowledge. You know, Jesus was teaching about precepts when he was teaching about the word of the kingdom, parable of the sower. That is precepts. Do you agree with me? It's precept. It's knowledge. It's precept. Seed. Well, you know, so that that thing called seed can go. There are many things that can take it. Some fell by the wayside. Some wind will blow it away. Some birds will come and eat it. <laughs> so, so when you have precept, don't be secure and don't, don't rest on your precept and, as if you've landed. Ah, this revelation has opened. We, are, we have this place. We now own it. No matter how real it is to you, it can go. It can fail. Oh, no, but it comes with all kinds of prophetic, with all kinds of, you know what I mean? They say, let there be prophecies, it will fail. They, they list all the things that can fail. Let's go back there to 1 Corinthians 13. No, you say, no, 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 this is another move. This is not just, this is not just reading Bible, and this is, there's a move of the spirit around it. You say, whether there are prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, no matter how diverse and deep, and you feel like, you feel like where this knowledge, even if it's running away, you can use tongues to draw it back. <laughs> Praise God. But it says that, it says they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. It shall vanish away. Glory to God. So the sower soweth the seed. There are many things that can deal with this. It's just explaining different kinds of people. Those that receive it by the wayside. He sold some fell by the wayside. Fowls came up and devoured them. These are spirits. Before you get to them, they've taken it. Are you understanding me? If you are in this, you are still in this world. You can, you can be around. You can be in a season of plenty, but close to wretchedness, right? Because you have, you've, you are, you are, you are not, you don't have what it takes to secure the blessing, yeah. right? Some fell by the wayside, the fowls came and devoured them. Then verse five, some fell by on, upon stony places, it means that stony ground is hot, where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up, but because they had no deepness of earth. And when the, the sun was come up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. You wonder, what do you mean? Is it not the word of God that liveth and abideth forever? What do you mean it withered away? How can God's word wither? Eh? As long as it has come down like this, it can wither. They only told us that his word is settled forever in heaven. When it, it begins to come from heaven, it's losing, it has lost that settlement. 
that's come into the realm where it can fail, depending on what men do with it. So it's not the, it's not the word itself that is failing. It is the construction which they used to deliver it, called knowledge, that can fail. Do you get what I'm saying? That when the sun was up, this thing called sun is talking about the, 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 the energy ball that drives contrary life. That when it's trying to take root, the sun will intercept it. Ish, you don't take, don't take any root there. We have other things to plant in that heart. I have other seeds in the ground. I need to sprout. Don't spoil my things. Praise God. And they were scorched. And because they had no root, they were withered. They were verse 7. And some fell among thorns. And then the thorns sprung up and choked them. Thorns. And then some now fell on good ground. And brought fruit. Some 100 fold. Some 60 fold. So it's very clear the fruit is stature. Yes, sir. Right? The fruit is spirit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise God. Yes. Those ones that, that, that thorns came and choked, he called the thorns the cares of this world. God. And those ones that the cares of this world choked, he said they went away happy after receiving the word. Those are the, that's the most dangerous. Let's go back to where Jesus was describing that one. Those are the ones that we need to be more careful about. When he was explaining the parable, and he also that receives seed among the thorns, that's verse 22, is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. You see, there's no sin here, right? They didn't say, there was no, that he was maybe a bad person and all that. It's just simple, care. So you mean just care of this world. So don't be too angry when God anoints preachers to preach against the world. Because the world can do this. Not just preaching against the world, it's to preach against the care of this world. And that can be a mean preaching sometimes. Do you get to, when you are dealing with the care of this world in souls, you will seem like a backward, progress hating fellow. A, an insensitive, like, don't you know that there are some things to do? Why would you be comfortable just? Gathering people, wasting their life and all kinds of things that when there are things to do at the prime of their age. Those are the kind of things Satan says, eh? What is it? Why don't you leave them? Let them go and care for the world. So it means to care. This is precise language. This was Jesus. Yeshua in the flesh speaking. That there is something called the care. So he's telling you don't care for the world. You might be like, ah, what do you mean? Yeah, don't care. Don't care. Don't care for the world. 
It means that the seed of the kingdom and the care of the world cannot cohabit at the same time. You're not allowed to care. The care of this world means that the things that the world has told you take care of these things. Why should you not care for this world? It's because... Does it mean that? Does it mean your life will be useless? No. There's the answer, Paul gave the answer. You cast all your cares upon him. Let him do, deal with it. For he careth. That word care for is not just as he's taking care of you. Is that he's the one who should be caring the care you are supposed to be caring for. Wow. So let him care for you. Wow. Do you get so don't care. It doesn't mean that, ah, let's abandon these things. No. Let's give it to him. This care, you take it and care for them. Can you care for them? Let him care for you. Praise God, because all the, see those cares, the things, the faculties in you that they want to awaken and be using, they are very special faculties that is supposed to be used to prosper the, for the prosperity of the seed of God's word. Because you're supposed to care for the seed. You can't care for the seed and care for the world at the same time. Praise God. And uh, the care of this world, and the next one is called deceitfulness of riches. Riches here is not just money. Mm-hmm. The care of the world primarily is how to get things, right? Then when you get the things which the world gives you, that those things have a deception around them. They begin to speak to you about keeping them. Yes, sir. Yes. So he who doesn't have and he who has, they have their own kind of problem. The problem of who doesn't have is how to get it as his care. Then when you have it, it's not just, you feel like, what? Once I have it, I will now serve God. Ah! You just begin to imagine handling this light with 10 million in your account. The first thing you first of all think about is that this meeting place where we are not, forget about this thing. All this equipment, you know, imagine the kind of. You feel like this kind of equipment, they are not worthy to, to play the songs of the Lamb. <laughs> Praise God. So you just feel like, I'll just make this thing once you have. Imagine having that money, I will now relax and serve God. Because. You don't know that there's something called deceitfulness of riches. Dece- deceitfulness. You know deceitfulness of riches is, is guys who don't have don't know what this thing is. You need to have it first. I, I'm not saying that you can't be rich, you. You do understand? You can be rich, but before you are rich, let's if they ask you what is deceitfulness of riches, you should you should know it inside out. 
and there should have been equipment and statue in you to deal with it. If you don't know what this thing is and you go and start amassing wealth, you're in trouble. You'll find you end up selling your soul. Like that, that rich man. You see, that, that man, his, his riches deceived him all his life. Like, look at the way he was speaking. I've expanded my barn. He was deceitfulness of riches speaking. In, in all those talk, he wasn't thinking. What if this bread stops now? What's the next place? And I'm sure it's possible that he, he has considered it with his natural mind. But considering there's a life after death with your natural mind, is not stature. Like all the guys who steal and do all the bad things, think they don't know they will die. So you mean that just knowing I will die one day is not enough to... You see old men. Praise God. This Nigerian election they just did just made me just, just wonder some things. I began to see what kind of monster this world is. You see someone who has lived decades and you are, it's very clear that you, can't, you don't have too much time left. But... What? <laughs> I don't know some other things you should be thinking of by this time. That uh, you get what I'm just from a normal, just logical point of view. It means that what there's something behind yes. such fellows. They are not ordinary. Yeah. Be careful. This thing called deceitfulness of riches. You might feel, ah, I know I will handle. You don't know. <laughs> what that thing is, let it touch your, you first. You don't know what kind of struggles guys who have millions struggle with until it drops inside your account. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Because of this world, the deceitfulness of what? Riches. Riches. And then the lust of other things. I don't even know what. What are these other things? I don't. I mean, there are other things even beyond the case of this world, deceitfulness of riches. God will help us to. Amen. Lost. Well, it's clear that this loss of other things, they are things that move by the power of lust. Yes, sir. So anything that has that lost can can bring anything that lost promises you has the capacity to stop the the seed bearing root inside your heart. He said it choke the word and it become it unfruitful. Choke the word. So this word is is precepts. Imagine precept being choked in a person. They won't be bearing fruit. Because of these things, that's why all these things must be preached against constantly. Constantly. You feel like, oh, we've heard it. Why are you teaching about the world again? Yeah, let's teach it again. Let's 
remind you about what this world is that is not your friend. Yes. That you should not be at home in this world. Yes, sir. You should not be comfortable here. Yes, Must teach about the deceitfulness of riches and lust of other things that have the power to choke word, the word. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Jesus was teaching when he was speaking about the wise and foolish. I want to just get that thought. Um, he was separating the wise from what the foolish. And he's saying that, and I said it's a very high measurement, yes. right? It's not just who can get revelation, right? This wise person is somebody that hears these sayings of mine, according to Matthew 7, verse 24, yes, sir. and what doeth them. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon what? A rock. So it means that those wise virgins are builders. That what separates the wise virgin, let's read on, okay, quickly. Verse 25, Matthew 7. And then the rain descended and the floods came. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was what? Founded upon what? Upon a rock. Praise God. So what separates the wise virgins from the foolish virgins is in their building. Now, and then that place said that the wise ones took oil with them and the foolish ones took no oil with them. So you're not seeing oil as a kind of building. Yes, Do you see that? Yes, what is summarized as oil is everything about the oil inside. The oil sitting on the inside is actually a building. Not an ordinary kind of building. It's a building that is founded upon what? The rock. Praise God. So it's very clear that this, this rock here is Christ, right? It's talking about, it's speaking concerning the, a Christ building versus a building that is not built on Christ. Right? Upon what is Christ? That is not built upon that, the stone that is laid in Zion. For I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone. For a foundation, a stone. Then a tried stone. So the, the stone is the foundation, which is what Jesus was teaching, right? That you be, the, the wise man built his house on a stone. This is the stone. Then when he now starts going to tried stone, it's not foundation. When you, how you know you are building is when you start laying upon another. Right? The first one that's laid is the stone, the foundation. But when you begin to lay upon the foundation, it's called building. Praise God. So you see what you call tri-stone, precious cornerstone, then what? A what? A sure foundation. It rises up into a sure foundation. Glory to Jesus. So you see all 
all this building is summarized by spiritual wisdom as oil in vessel, right? It's, it's an oil vessel. I love the wisdom of the Bible. I love the, the way the Bible puts things. The Bible will shift you towards one direction, but you know it's a preparation for another understanding. Praise God. Because it's hard to, you must be able to see your, to see what we call building as a spirit walk. As a spiritual um, edifice. Right? They call it the, that holy temple. He calls it an habitation of God through the spirit being built up. Let's see first Peter. Okay, not this one. You're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. This is correct as well. You're speaking concerning the same thing. You grow it, all the house fitly put together, grow it up into a holy uh, temple, and uh, that's Ephesians, right? Then... First Peter, chapter two. Thank you, Jesus. You also as lively stones, praise God, are built up a spiritual house. I love spiritual house. So spiritual house is called oil. Praise God. Not just any kind of oil. That parable of the of the, sorry, of the virgins was separating oil from oil. Yes, uh-huh. That oil, I'm talking not oil anointing upon. Yes, sir. Not anointing yes, sir. upon. I'm talking about the oil within. That oil within is a building. The only thing you can store inside you is building. They don't store anything else inside souls. The vessel which they described, which they put, which the oil was in them, uh-huh, is a, is, it is a, that oil is an oil which they should be able to melt when the one in their lamp is going down. They should be able to, from within, pour it, replenish the one into their lamp. Do you get, it's the description, if you look at, at Zechariah, it's the same thing. That one, the one that's burning, the light that's burning, was coming from two anointed ones. They are trees. That the golden oil was flowing from. You see, oil, so if golden oil is flowing from the trees, it means that the, the oil is inside the tree as a stature. Tree means stature. Right? So it means that oil can flow from trees. Glory to God. What that oil is a, the way it operates, you know, it's the, it's the operation of the word of God, right? So your word is a lamp unto my feet. That's one aspect. Lamp to my feet. Light. 
to my path. The, what illuminates your path is not the same thing as what illuminates the feet. The, the, you know that the word path is also way. Don't, like I said before, don't think of path or ways as one straight road that you are, yes, you are going this way, that's the way. No, what, what do I say way is? Way is the program of movement. Yes, sir. That thing called path is inside. If I said, okay, hey, go to so-and-so place, I've given you a way. When you step out on the road, you don't just start walking, okay, there's a road here, so this is the path. No, it can be like 10 roads, 20. Yeah. Not, not all 20 roads are your path. It's a light onto my path. Light onto my path. Uh-huh. Light onto my path. Do you see that? There are many paths, but it's what you call your path. So there is your path. It is... He who, who knows the path, who knows the way, who, who the way has been constructed in, that will know where, that's why they use the word path here. Path is not, path is tied to a person. There can be different ways, but your own path is, that will show me the path of life. Wow. Not every path is the path of life. Wow. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So he's not talking about maybe a path, it is the light onto my path is, is on the inside. Yes. Yes, sir. Did you get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So this one is different. So it's very clear. The light of the path is a, a stature. Yes. The lamp for feet is a preset. Uh-huh. Yes. Precepts flow in different ways. There's a precept that comes to help you to develop stature. Yes, sir. Then one of the main things, when you say stature has been raised, every developed stature is a generator of precepts. Mm. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes, now. It's a generator of precept. Every person who has stature can be a precept yes, sir. giver. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Say stature. The scepter will not depart from Judah. That's the most important thing. But a Lord giver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. You know that that scepter is a the scepter is like a, it's almost like a reward of stature. Right? When they give him scepter of righteousness, because he has done things, you have loved righteousness, you hated wickedness, then therefore God, your God, anointed you. We're speaking about the scepter. Say oil of gladness. So you can't separate the oil from the scepter. So your scepter is a scepter of righteousness. Because of an oil he had, on the, which was given unto him, 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. You can read that. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So that thing, because of that, he, he then becomes also a lawgiver. Yes, right? Everybody who has, who has stature yes, can give precept. Yes, Praise God. Hallelujah. So your word is a lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. Lamp unto my feet. So lamp can come for the feet. When the feet is being trained by the, 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 the word as a lamp, which is in, with precepts, it begins to configure way the path inside. This light onto the path is what you call the light of life. It's configured on the inside because of the way which the lamp, the precept has been dictating a kind of movement to the soul. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this um, oil as an inward development, an inward culture. When you say someone has the, 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 an inward anointing, anointing within, somebody who is, who is anointed on the inside, they don't make mistake when it comes to life. They are accurate. They don't, they don't mistakenly move in a different way. They, are, they have an inwardly anointed configuration. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like a, it's in the, the anointing that they have is like, it's a stature. And oil, the oil, the way the oil flows in them, that stature is a living, is a living flow. Yes, sir. An inward oiled machine yes, of life. You know, when they say they're raising stature, it's not a dead place. If they say they are building a house in you, no house is dead. It's not abandoned. Every house should be alive. When you enter the house, things are going on there. There are operations happening. Do you agree with me? Do you agree that even the tabernacle in the wilderness was an oil house? That was one thing that God told Moses. Oil, everything, everything there must be, must be flowing with oil. All the utensils, even the, the people, the beans, the priests, he must pour oil on them. Everything about the house is oil. Because of the machine that will, you know, even you can't have, even a car is a house of oil, an engine. Take the oil away to, to stop, it will knock. When you hear, ah, the engine has knocked, oil. Put all the petrol, no oil. You understand what I mean? Yes, sir. Why? Because of the movement, the parts, the, the machinery. The, where, what generates the life of the car is an oiled st- stature. Praise Jesus. Say oil. oil. There is the, it takes an anointed nature to walk the living parts of Christ and God. The spiritual man is an anointed construction. 
is an anointed nature. The life is anointed. Is a anointing is not just by rubbing. They have to demonstrate that in the physical, according to the house that Moses built. But it's not that. It's called a spiritual house. Imagine a spiritual house. Have you ever heard such a thing before? First Peter chapter two. They just Peter said some weird stuff that you know when you just read it, it doesn't sound weird, but it's actually kind of weird. Spiritual house is the house that is spiritual. It's not normal. Then lively stones. <laughs> so this lively stone, what I was describing to you on Wednesday, a stone that breathes. Yes, a fiery burning stone that is alive. So it's very clear. Lively stones are stones that are catching breath. They are, that are these stones may have never, they, have, they might not even have fulfilled the, the, they might not have reached fully the, the estate of breathing. Because this, a stone that breathes is a living stone. That is to whom you are coming unto. To whom coming. That's verse 4 of First Peter chapter 2. Say, to whom coming as unto a living stone. Like that rock that followed them in the wilderness. You got to be living to be following people. I love the Bible. Just to teach you one thing, they use many metaphors. The Holy Ghost through metaphors. Old Testament, New Testament is describing something. Say Christ. The anointed one is a living stone. That stone then appeared in Zechariah, shouting, grace, grace to it. Upon the stone were seven eyes. Seven eyes bring forth the headstone. Praise Jesus. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of man, but chosen of God. This is what God chooses. You know, God's choice is different. Yes, and you can't fake this thing, you know. <laughs> huh? Can you fake it? It doesn't even occur to men for a stone to be alive. A stone is the most dead thing. When you tell a man, hey, bring a dead thing, stone. <laughs> Nothing can be more dead than a stone. It's the most stationary, the most lifeless. Thing. But in God's own mind, there's something called living stone. Because he's different. He, he, he quickened the dead. Collect things which be not as though they are. His specialty is things that are things whose nature is dead. He makes them live. That's God for you. That's why he wants you to be a stone. He doesn't want you to be a grass. A grass is still alive for him. It responds to a wind is blowing, dancing. Oh no, leave that thing. I don't want. So if you are if you are a grass and God comes, how can they tell what is moving you? You're already moving. God has no glory in that. Imagine a soul that already knows what to do. You know, yeah. Plan everything. Tomorrow is the next next year, next five years, next ten years, you have your plan, everything. What is this? What does God doesn't have 
any space. When God sees, ah! There's nothing here. It means that you don't have space for God to do his stuff. Yes, sir. God deals with dead things. Yes, sir. Who quickeneth the dead and calleth things. That's why one of the things you, you, need to, you need to submit to this kind of stuff. When God starts dealing with you, it's as if he wants to, to stop you and kill you and make sure everything, no, nothing is moving. It's for his glory. It's for his glory. Because when he starts moving you, when he starts moving you, when you begin to gain quickening. You know, there's, there's, no glory, there's no glory in dancing for the world. That's what the grass does. You know when grass is dancing and then they say flower of the field. Everybody will flower. Wow, look at that. I've gone to Tulip Festival before. Have you been to Tulip Festival? It's the, the one they do it downtown. All the kinds of flowers, very beautiful. You see people who leave their house. They will soon do it now in the spring, right? It's coming up. You can go if you want. <laughs> All flesh is grass. All flesh. There's no type that's not grass. So don't ever feel your own flesh is special. Feel like your own flesh is... The way you do your flesh is... Uh, <laughs> you, have a, you have a uniqueness to your own kind of flesh. All. Say all. All, all flesh is grass. And then it is glory. So as the flower. It's, that was glory is goodliness. Thereof. It's as the flower of the field. Isaiah 40 verse 6. The voice said, who was crying this thing? The prophet. Yes, the voice said, cry. He said, what shall I cry? <laughs> cry, oh. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> 
Mete, a preme keteli and a mustoprane gedevele master, a libre hata na prahata na pramata hata, a libre gedegede bosto freteni and a master brantelige, O mestia nostigentia vanteli, a lebregetemi and a mustopapa papa legata, roventelia ventia ventia lecatomi and ashte, a lebregedeve nosto prateliga, a libre genata, Stevanta, and Nekeste Mata, Oliastevranta Locotonia Nemosti bring you in we bring you in here. I bring you in here. I want to bring you in here. I want to bring you, bring you, I bring you, bring you, bring you up here. Up here, up here, up here. I want to pluck you off from grass and bring you to stone. I want to bring you, I want to bring you, I want to bring you for it is Leganto Vanaste Brahate, for it is an impossible nature with man. It is an impossible thing with man, but it is my realm. It is my realm. It is the thing I love to do, for to convert grass to stone and to make you and quicken you just as how I even gave my son life that he may give unto you. I have come that you may have life. The order of my life, the order of my life is to change you, to change you, and even the glory of grass, which is flower, to change that glory and that you will begin to find in me. You will begin to find it in me, and you will begin to see the glory of the true God, the glory of the living God. It is coming, coming to you. It is coming to you that you'll be changed. You'll be changed but you have to lay down. You have to lay down that. That the order may come up. That the order may come up. Now I urge you. I urge you. This is a season and that time where I will begin to come. I'll begin to come and I'll begin to alter. I'll begin to turn. I'll begin to make things upside down. I'll begin to scatter things that you may come into me. That you may find my glory and you may see me. That I come, I am come, I am come. It is a process and a journey of conversion of grass to stone. And it is my job that I love to do. I have come to do that job, says the Spirit of the Lord. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Says the, the voice said, cry, and he said, what shall I cry? All flesh. Why is this crying? Why is it a cry? Is a is from a pain. It's a pain, and, and this flesh they are mostly ignorant of their state. This is the problem of this word. That goodliness is is an in, it's a sense of of beauty, yes, of glory, yes, goodly. That the sense of is the security that this flesh has. It doesn't know its state.
Thank you, Father. It's just a demonstration of, of what uh, say, cry. Cry and said, what shall I cry? This, this cry is, this cry is the spirit of, is the spirit of help. Is help that is coming yes, sir. to help flesh. Yes, sir. Because flesh doesn't know. And God has said that no flesh should glory in his presence. He will not allow it. This cry is a cry. If you trace this cry, you will find it coming from the from the, the spirit of intercession. It is what generates this cry is the feeling of infirmity. What the, what the high priest feels. We don't have a high priest who is not touched by the feeling of what? What is infirmity, stonelessness? Firmlessness, you are not firm. That's the problem with grass, infirmity. It's not firm. It's not like a stone. It's not stony. And the, the high priest has the feel, feeling. Is that feeling of our infirmity that makes that brings this cry? You have to tell flesh what flesh is. All flesh is grass. Unveil the glory of flesh. All flesh is grass. All the God goodliness thereof is as what? The flower of the field. The grass withered. The flower faded. Why? Because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. So it means that the grass and the flower is shining yes, sir. until the, contra the contrasting spirit comes. There are some glories of this earth that will not diminish until the spirit of the Lord starts blowing upon the earth. That's one of the signs of this season of the spirit. When he begins to pour out his spirit, upon all flesh. Then they will go to a time that all flesh will see salvation. Then the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. That season, part of that season is to expose to flesh what flesh is. 
Our flesh is grass. It's goodliness as the flower of the field. The grass withered and the flower. Don't be tempted by flesh. Don't let flesh tempt you. You know, flesh glories. And he, the glory, every glory is a preacher. There's no glory that doesn't preach. It's not, glory doesn't stay in his own lane. If you stay in his own lane, it's not glory. Yes, sir. If, if any flesh has a glory complex, yes, sir. right? That, and that glory complex, glory, mm. it shines. Look at me. I'm awesome. This, this, the, 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 the voice of this glory of flesh is to, is a voice of reproach against the life of the spirit. It's to, it's a reproach and a type of blasphemy, which is what that woman was anointed with, names of blasphemy, right? That is the kind, you know she was arrayed, say arrayed. Arrayed. When you see the woman, her boastful nature and her language, it's all flesh. Flesh with something worse than flesh, destruction, was riding she was riding upon a, a beast of destruction. I was carrying her, but with glory arrayed. And in her were all the names of blasphemy. She having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication, filthiness. They had to take him away in the spirit to go and see her. Means they don't see her normally. Those who are drinking her, they don't see her. They don't know what she looks like. They just fetch from kings and they drink. But so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven horns, hairs and ten horns. This is what men need to see. You need to be carried away in the spirit into the wilderness. Once you, you have the revelation of this, the stinkiness and the filthiness of this woman, everything about the glory of this world will just drown up inside of you. All these are blasphemy. These names of blasphemy, they are nature. It blasphemes anything. It's a type of the blasphemy. It's a little child of the blasphemy which matured in the beastly nature, which you see in Revelation chapter 13, that began to blaspheme God and his throne and the temple and the worshippers and all that dwell in heaven. Anything temple, this blasphemy, rises against it, is to diminish the glory of spiritual building. Yes, Make what you are doing seem like nonsense, like you are wasting your time. Make it nothing. Give it no relevance in the world. Make sure that there's no space in the world of any relevance for those who are devoted, who as lively stones, who are coming onto the living stone, who are taking up that profession, that, I, that profession of the high priest. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Quickly, let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 2. It says, to whom coming as unto a, a living stone, right? Yes, so he is a living stone that is disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. You must have this sense. 
you must have this sense that, first of all, the person you are coming to is disallowed. Men don't allow him. We don't serve on him. We don't. We don't. It doesn't make sense yes. to men. If you are weak, when you say a weak soul cannot handle this thing, a weak soul is always looking for the relevance. They want the profession to have relevance on the earth. Yes. They have a way they will be looking for it. The, it, it these souls, weak souls cannot stay in a place of irrelevance <laughs> on the world, in the world. Well, maybe because of all kinds of flowers and grasses around them. They have grass friends. They have grass, praise God. Maybe their family are grasses, serious ones. You know flower in diamond. Some flowers are small. Some flowers are like this. If you come from such a place, God help you. Glory to God. So there are kinds of things that can make a soul weak. And then the world will paint shame around this kind of profession. What was the profession? Imagine the person building his house on sand. If you, you're building your house on sand, it means you can build anywhere. Foundation is not your problem. Foundation what? Forget that thing. Let's, let's, let's raise this building. Are you understanding me? While the wise guy can be waiting, what is he waiting for? To, he wants to locate the foundation. You know, it, it takes time to locate that foundation. While he's waiting, he hasn't built anything. People are, are all waiting. I mean, you're not seeing anything here. How long will you be here? The guy who's building on sand, what will happen? He has already built... First floor, second floor is going. You understand what I mean? And, and, and every building, every edifice is a statue of glory. Glory. You know, one of the glory of the developed world is their edifice. What they built up. When you get, ha, ah, these guys. Praise Jesus. Build on the sand. So, you, so it means that the wise guy must have something inside of him. It's a kind of attitude and nature that is immune to. You, you must be used to gloryless life. I mean, as pertaining to this earth. If you seek the glory of this world, you will miss it. You can't. You will, you will miss it. You will always you will get to a junction. You will make a mistake. You will judge wrongly. And there are many opportunities to make mistakes. Many, many junctions. That when you make a mistake, you will just enter one course. You will know you are pursuing the world. Glories are bad. That's Satan, that's what he, he put around the world. Different kinds of things. Every aspect of life has its own kind of glory of flesh wrapped around it. Praise God. God will deliver us from these things. Amen. To whom coming as unto a living stone that is allowed indeed of men, but what? Choosing of God and what? Precious, verse 5. That ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and what? Holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Acceptable to God by what? Jesus Christ. So this verse captures what I was teaching on Wednesday by God's grace. What we call, so these lively stones are being built up. Once the lively stone has been built up a spiritual house, it's become living. Yes, sir. Then when it, when it becomes living, 
that stone is an holy priesthood. Means that it has the knowledge of the holy. Right? That thing called the knowledge of the holy is a stature. It's actually a, a living, stony stature. Right? That will now make, like Malachi 2 was saying, after that purifying, right, of the, and the, 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 the fullness of purification is what? Full burning. Right? It's when the, the stature becomes functional. How do you know that a, sta- a spiritual stature is functioning? It is the, it is its command and usage of breath. That is what a living stone, a living stone is a burning stone that is on fire, that is breathing. The fire is, is, is the air, the, the breath, which is taken in, is turning it into, into flame. That's the kind of, of coal you find on the altar. Right? Is that, that, that coal is, it's a, it's an holy, it, itself, it's an holy priesthood. In itself, it's a purifier. Do you understand? That, that Malachi was just, it's a description of, how, of a stone that rolled into the holy place. And he sat there. It's a, the altar itself is a stone. A kind of a stone. To set other stones ablaze. He's a, he's a most holy priest who came to burn in the holy place. To set other stones up, to raise other holy priesthood. And every one of such stones are they are they are priesthood in themselves. Means that they are purifiers. When Isaiah thought he was holy, just to show him that he's not holy, he just gave him an insight of that realm. He saw him who sat on the throne, his train filled the temple. Smoke. Say smoke. What, what, what was the smoke? Smoke of burning. He saw seraphims. Seraphims, are, they are called burning ones. Above it stood the seraphims, each one having six wings. And with twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. With twain he did fly. Verse 3. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Verse 4. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Is the smoke of burning. And said I, woe is me. For I am undone. Because I mean, he began to see his uncleanness. Unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king. The Lord of hosts verse six. And then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal. Say live coal. What is a live coal? A live coal is a living stone that is burning and breathing. A live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. Verse 7. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo! This had touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Are you seeing that? So, is this is purging for what? It's purging to make him a, mean, a messenger. Right? Like the, the messenger of the covenant came. He, he actually came to raise messengers too. By purging, by the spirit of 
judgment and the spirit of burning. Verse 8 says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am. Send me. Send me. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lively stones. So these lively stones, they are constructions of the anointing. Anointing. The anointing. They are they are statues of life. The journey into becoming like this is according to the inward schooling of the spirit. It's called doctrine. It's a doctrine. The spirit will doctor the inward. That thing is a program. It doesn't fountain from your cerebra, from your conscious mind. It's something you submit to. You have to so it's as many as are led by the spirit. It's an existing program, the spirit. Praise Jesus. As many as are led by the spirit, they are what? The sons of God. That program of, of, of raising the, of making you inwardly anointed. That's what they want to do. To make you inwardly anointed. Not just that you have the spirit, but that the spirit which you had has done his work in you. You know when you say anointing according to persons, like a Christ is the anointed one. The anointed one. It's not because he has a, a spirit inside of him, no. He, of course he has a spirit, he is a work. He is a statue of the anointed. It's very clear he was, he was so inwardly anointed. That's why the spirit could rest upon him like a dove. It means that when the, the Holy Ghost, the heaven opened, the spirit found rest on him. This is my, ah, oh, we can rest here. Rest on, can rest on him. Why? Because of everything, all the machinery and operations inside of him is according to the part. When the spirit is resting on him, it's not, the spirit is not wondering, are we going the wrong way? Are we going because of an inward, what, he was, in, he stood inwardly anointed. After a while, the Bible says he was driven by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. That was when the Holy Ghost was constantly driving him. You know, it's not the bed that landed on him that drove him. They didn't say that he was walking around everywhere and the whole time they were seeing it dove like a spirit. No, that was just a sign to show that there's something inside this guy, man. Then the father spoke, this is my beloved son. I'm well pleased, just for the purpose of a sign. But he was being driven by the spirit. He was moved by the spirit to the wilderness. Glory to Jesus. He said that the son of man went as it was written concerning him. Means that he wasn't opening book every time to check what is written. Means that what was written concerning him has been raised on the inside of him. It's called a, it was his inward stature. Too inwardly anointed. He was living an anointed life. Praise God. Now, this is in the summary of what I'm saying that there's a school of the spirit that's beyond the school of precepts. 
and knowledge. It's the school of the anointed life. Right? That school is, has its own. That's, that's the school that they were describing in, in Isaiah chapter 25. When he was speaking, he said, in this mountain, shall, you see this Lord of hosts in Isaiah chapter 6, for in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people. It's called a feast of fat things. This is not the feast of revelation and precept. It's a feast of fat things. I know you've heard the word. Have you, have you chopped fat things before? Have you eaten? Have you, have you gone, have, the, have you entered a season of feasting on fatness? Feasting on fatness. Guys who feast in this dimension, they are different. They are different. They can be just very quiet. But their nature is sounding. They are more, they are, their speed is not in scripture and quoting and revelation. They are fast in those things too. But that's not where their main operations are. They, are, they operate in life. They are, they are, you won't, you don't, you know, some, you know, you can be slow sometimes. You know, sometimes some, there's a way, a life posture you're supposed to take. You won't take it. Brethren, we're waiting for you. We'll just be praying for you. Okay, let's, it will soon occur to him. He hasn't occurred to him that this is what you're supposed to be doing. But brethren, after they were patient, don't worry. You know, we're praying that slowness when it comes to responding to, to ways. You know, you can have all the revelation, but your ways are offensive. You are not, they, they don't model according to the life. You have not settled into the anointed way, the anointed living. See, anointed living is beautiful. Anointed living solves problems. Anointed living is Satan fears it. He hates it. You can come to an environment where there's strife. Bring an anointed man. I don't mean revelation and power, no, I mean the anointed man. It's men of, of the inward life. Just being around the atmosphere. They don't need to call meeting aids. What is your own talk your own? <laughs> Say, ah! Do you know when this problem started? How many years ago? Yes, we know it. Okay, wait, wait, you talk your own. This, you, you know that talk your own thing? No, it doesn't, doesn't ever solve problems. What is their problem is that they need to see something. Then when you bring an anointed liver who lives anointedly, such the, the, the step of such a person will be preaching many gospels, messages. You are dissolving, spirit begin to run away. All the spirit that, that turns the head of people because you bring another climate entirely. You know, those are the kind of men that God is looking for. Like the kind of person who Jesus was. When argument, Jesus will just step in. We ask a question. Which of you are... He who has not seen, let him cast the first. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't, 
who knows what you would have done if you had the person. But there's just something about the way he was driven. It's not, it's not at that time that he's calculating, okay, hey, if I, if I, I should talk to these guys now. First of all, I have to think about my own life first because they can turn and even stone me, so I have to figure out how to. Hey, what scripture should we use in this moment right now? How should we talk to these this wicked sons of Moses and Abraham? How should we do it? It wasn't that. Everything he needs to say has already been calculated in him since. It exists as stature. When his situation presents itself, he sees it. He's just, he's just living anointedly. Stature. Judgment. And he went into an inward school of the spirit. After a while, all those apostles, they became like him. You can't gainsay against them. You can't. Someone like Saul of Tarsus, for example. Praise God. Anointed life is powerful. When everyone is running and making haste, someone who is inwardly anointed is not fighting. He doesn't see reason to make haste. Why? Because everyone is judging us. Hey, tomorrow, tomorrow. Hey, this one. He doesn't. He sees beyond tomorrow. He's thinking with a sense of eternity. His, his whole, the landscape of his sight is different. He doesn't see any reason to speak evil of his brother. For what gain? For what purpose? The range of his vision is different. When he's being insulted, he doesn't, he doesn't see the reason. He's not just trying to be nice. He just doesn't see why would I be insulting you back. When he slapped, why should I slap back? What is the, okay, let's say you slap me and I slap you back. What have we accomplished? He's thinking with a different frame of judgment. No, Jesus began to roll out such standard. How many times should you be, huh? Before you forgive her. He just gives them one kind of impossible number. It's to tell you that. This question does not make sense inside the anointed calculation of life. How many times should they slap you before you slap back? You don't understand. At one point, the disciples they went to call down fire right from heaven to to say, <laughs> "Kai, you don't know what kind of spirit that you have." If someone asks you to run a Mile or if you run or all those kind of what was saying right? They want to they take your cloak, give your own your shirt, all kind of laws. Say Jesus, Moses said that there's a condition that you should divorce your wife in adultery and all of that. He said, Kai, you don't even understand. Moses said that because of the hardness of your heart. In the anointed life, they don't divorce things. There's no reason for divorce. You should have killed yourself before you divorced. Is, a, is a, another operation. You should not even be alive. It's not someone who's alive that divorces somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, those things that, are you seeing what I'm, what I'm calling anointed life? Where it's not calculation. Where those judgments come by impulse. It's like, it's a construction. It's a spiritual construction on the inside of your heart. 
What do you think Jesus was struggling to do to be that way? He wasn't. He was not at all. He wasn't. He was, he was anointed. The anointed one. Praise God. So in this mountain, he will make unto all people a feast of fat things. Fat things. Say fat things. You need to start feasting on fat things. It's a nature feast. Where you are, you, are, you are eating another nature. It's not just learning Bible. You are feasting on spirit. Feasting on another nature. When a response wants to spring out from an old nature, you shut it down. So this, we are on a mountain of a feast. You, you, you fetch the food of another nature. You know food is will. Will. You take another will. You reset. No, 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 no. Who fetch from the other place. In this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines. Wine means blood on the lees, of fat things full of marrow. You know, marrow is a source of blood. So it means that blood flows from fatness. Wine on the lees, we are refined. Let's go on very quickly. And what would then happen? He will destroy, it's in this mountain they destroy the face of the covering. Revelation cannot destroy the face of the covering that is cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. It is, it is life that does it. A piercing life, like the life of the man-child who, had, who overcame by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony. For they love not their life unto, unto the death. See the anointed life. The anointed life is what pursuing, is what living, is what going after. That life is a status. It's a status. But it's not. It's not. It doesn't register here. It won't register now. But there's a time when it will. All men will see. Hey, there's nothing on this earth. Everything is diminished because one day even flesh will see the glory. Of God. Where would they see the glory? Handing in the cloud? No. In glorious men. Those who have become glorious. The Bible says, in, in that day, the branch of the Lord shall be glorious and beautiful. Who are his branch? Those who sprang out of him. Who, who sprang and yielded to the trials of bearing fruit. Who the father pruned that he will bring forth much fruit. You know a branch can be beautiful by virtue of how much fruit, how fruitful the branch is. Too much fruit. Your, your, you as a branch can become so beautiful to the Lord, he will now begin to take pluck from you and drink you also as wine, as wine, as wine, as wine. God wants to get to a point where he, where he, he, can, he, he flows inside into you. You flow back into him. And it flows into you again. Amen. It's called fellowship, where you share, you breathe, you share breath. Breath from his nostrils will land inside your home. You take it, and you can return breath back. You're fellowshipping in breath, life, oneness. I'm not telling you fairy tales. I'm telling you reality. I'm showing you what, what man is meant for. What you're meant for. Don't, don't choose something less. You're not, don't accept that your life is about coming here, going to school, having work, having kids, getting old and dying. Don't accept 
that, that that's all your life is about. Your lifetime should count. There's something that should be, you know, added to your soul. The only thing you will take out of this world is your stature. Go and check all the guys who acquired everything, married 10 wives, married every, they got everything. They never left with anything. Where they are right now is what they became. Invest on what you will be are becoming. Don't play with what you are becoming. The time frame of life on the earth is too short to be focused on ephemeral things. Given the, the time you need to acquire stature. Glory to God. You know, sometimes it's hard. Ah! You don't even want to think about life after this earth because you are too used to body and all of that. See, this body, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Do you have faith? Can you believe what I'm saying? Is it too hard? This stature and all that? No, don't. Don't worry. It's, it's a normal stuff. It's a normal conversation. Who you are becoming? Coming on to whom? To whom coming on to? As a living stone, disallowed indeed of men but chosen of God and precious. You also, as a lively stone, you also, you also. Tell someone, you also. also. And say, me also, I also, I also, I also, I will, I will come. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. Help us today. Help our hearts. This is great hope. Great hope. Help us to break free of every shackle of the mind, every limitation that wants to reduce our thinking to that which passes away. Open up the scope of our belief, to believe for these things. Help our soul, Lord. Help our heart. Open up a fresh conversation. Gather us up to this mountain, mountain of, the, of a great feast of fat things, fat things full of marrow, of a feast of wines, wine on the lees. Help us, Father. Move us into the school of the Spirit where we will begin to submit, Lord, to the, the calling into this life, into this life of the anointing, the anointed life, that your, the streams of your oil will flow even through us, over us, upon us. Father, I pray, Lord, for strength to every person Lord, I pray, let no one be weak in this kind of moment, in this kind of season. That when our strength is weak, let your own strength come, which is perfect in weakness. Thank you, our Father. We yield our soul to you. We give you glory for today. We know you have not spoken in vain. Holy Spirit, take these words. Minister to us in the native language of our heart and of our soul. Bring to our remembrance, as Jesus said, all that has been spoken to us. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the glory. Bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You dwell between the cherubim shine forth. 
You dwell between the cherubim, shine.